So BPA free, right? That's oh. that's a scam. BPA free is a scam. We come to a place where we were just so comfortable in like this room temperature house, room temperature car, room temperature office. Why do you think so many doctors are so quick to just hand out medication? I've heard theories that organic uh, doesn't, I don't know, it's not that important. Depression and anxiety is not, you know, a uh, uh, depletion of your neurotransmitters or an imbalance in you chemically, but it's more. Hey, I'm Andrew Hales. Welcome to another edition of Chatting With. Today I'm here with Dr. G. How you doing, man? Yeah, thank Thanks you so for much for me. being here. Yeah. yeah. Um, see, naturopathic? Yes. Doctor, what's that mean? Well, to put it short, the, the way we really approach uh, is a little bit different than what you'll get conventionally. So we're used to conventionally going in with a symptom and getting that symptom treated. What we've been trained to do naturopathic, as naturopathic doctors is look for the root cause of the disease so we can really get to the bottom of why you're getting that symptom. So this, for us, the symptom is like sort of the end stage way your body's talking, and we look for the deeper root cause. Um, trained the same way through four years of medical school, but we also learn about botanical medicine, hmm. uh, nutrition. For quite a while, we do two years of nutrition rather than 23.9 hours of nutrition, which is the average in medical school, conventional. So um, a little bit different, and then clinically, when we go into rotations, it's different too. We don't go to the ER. Who the heck needs a naturopathic doctor in the ER when their leg's falling off? Yeah. But we do a lot of more preventative care. Okay. So it's really nice integratively when we work together, and we're starting to see a lot of that, especially out here in L.A. So, yeah, there's, it seems like everything and anything gives you cancer these days, you know. Um, and then there's all these cures for it. Apple, it's, like, all, you know, confusing. Mm -hmm. Everyone... There's gluten. Is that a so celiac disease? What is that? Uh, do you have that? Yeah, <laughs> that's a great question. Remember, remember the concept between this is like the guy at the bar. Yeah, that's like the perfect bar right. question, right? They're yeah. like, whoa, whoa, what's a gluten? Do I have this? Uh huh. Uh, right. Well, I'll take two steps back. Okay. Yes, certainly, we're at the point where everyone's like, everything gives me cancer, so fuck it, I'm gonna do whatever. Yeah. Right. I think we need to be more understanding about what types of things are truly things we need to watch out for, right, for our health. Mm. Um, gluten, yeah, great. It can cause inflammation, especially for those who have celiac disease and the 20% of us that have non-celiac uh, sensitivity, gluten sensitivity. So some of us will eat, don't, we're never diagnosed with mm -hmm. celiac disease, but let's say, you know, there's five people, statistically we'll say maybe like, you know, one, one of them or one, of them, one or two maybe are going to have uh, reaction to the gluten without even knowing. Oh, oh, I'm so bloated for some reason. I'm really hurting after I eat this wheat bread. Or look, my skin is really changing. My joints are hurting. My brain, is, I have brain fog. So we don't know how gluten affects everyone. We certainly know how it affects people with celiac disease, though. Well, didn't celiac disease just come out in the last 10 years or something? No, celiac disease has been around. The, the, the whole like gluten rage and craze has come out around the last 10 years. I have a theory, though, I'll tell you. Oh. Yeah, I have a little theory. <laughs> let's, let's put some juice into this. Great. Um, my belief is that as we started inundating our wheat with more pesticides, mm. that the gluten has become more uh, basically inflammatory for us folks, especially for those who are genetically sensitive to it. Because you go to Italy, let's say you and me go to Italy, mm. and we're, you know, we're like on the southern coast, and we, we eat this pizza, and it has gluten in it. Well, me, I know I'm pretty sensitive. My hands will start peeling. I get really dry. Chances are I'll be fine. A lot of people go and they go, I can't eat gluten, but I can eat it in Italy. I can eat it in Portugal. I can eat it in Spain. So it's a little different with 
the chemicals that we're using here in America hmm. with our wheat and the way it's being processed. So, you know, that's my little theory. Haven't seen it in a study yet, but still looking for it to come out. So what's this thing about uh, B12, you don't get enough of that without red meat or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I know that like you were interested in talking a lot about diets, and yeah, mm. that's, that's a thing. So we have a spectrum, right? Mm. You have a carnivore diet that is literally just meat, and you have a vegan diet that is like vegetables and you know plant-based proteins. Mm -hmm. Yes, on a vegan diet, the, uh, the concern is that if you do it wrong or you don't have a variety, you can become nutrient depleted like B12, mm. sometimes iron. You know, these are things that we really need to watch out for. On the other side of the spectrum, you have a carnivore diet and you're really depleted in one of the most major macronutrients, fiber, mm. which everyone needs evolutionarily. So I'm going to have a carnivore guy come on my show, actually, the Carnivore MD. So oh, I want you to check out that show. I think you'll like When's it. When's that come out? Uh, he hasn't come yet, so it'll be like in two months, so Sweet. in the summer. Um, oh, okay, wait. So the vegan, uh, the be so you use supplements? Uh, pretty much everyone who does, check this out. Majority of us are B12 deficient anyway. Okay. Right? So the people who even eat meat who are B12 deficient, I would always suggest those folks at least once a year to have nutrient panels to check how their B12 looks. But for us vegans, we are more susceptible to being... Uh, low on our B12. So me personally, I'll take it like once a week. A uh, synthesized? A supplement. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's called methylcobalamin, hmm. the more bioavailable form. Oh, and so it's uh, more expensive. It's a little more expensive. <laughs> I get the bougie B12. No uh, Centrium for you. No, no. Centrum? Centrum. Centrum. Centrum, whatever, yeah. Centrum, yeah. All right, no multivitamins. It's, is it just B12? Um, I take B12. I'll take some things for stress because, you know, you and I, Sure. Yeah, we're always running around doing things, so handling our stress. Do you smoke weed? Uh, sometimes. Okay. Sometimes, no qualms with weed then? No qualms with weed. It's got to be clean, though. We want the high-quality stuff. How do, you dis how do you figure that out? I don't know. You go to a dispensary and figure out. I I've literally never been to a dispensary or bought weed in my life. Oh. No. I just get it from you, my friends. You mooch. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the mooch. I'm Dr. Mooch. What about vaping? Um, I am concerned with it. Okay. For sure. Um, especially by the process of vaping, mm. uh, the combustion in it, the chemicals in it, the heavy metals in it. Someone who's doing this, like let's say, all right, look, you vape with your friends, fine, but you have a vape pen that you're taking out every single, you know, mm -hmm. every single day. That 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 could be a problem for sure. There's we we haven't seen that it's safe at all. Safer than cigarettes, maybe, maybe right. not. But we haven't seen that vaping that that whole chemical process is safe. Okay, what's your normal diet look like? As a vegan, uh, yeah. I, I do tons of like smoothies, usually for breakfast, nutrient-dense smoothies, vegetables. What vegetables? What exactly is We're in going the smoothie? In. Okay. <laughs> We're dissecting the smoothie. Usually a leafy green, which are really nutrient-dense, right? You want Kale, magnesium. spinach. Kale, spinach. Okay. Kale, spinach, leafy green. <laughs> Frozen blueberries, right? Raspberries, some strawberries. I'll put in some powders. A lot right? of fructose. A lot, well, a lot of fiber, too. Okay. Right. So then I'll put in some nuts and seeds or some nut butter. Um, um, peanuts, what nuts? Almond. 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 Is, uh, is that the best nut? Uh, well, <laughs> I'm not crazy about uh, peanuts. I, I'm crazy about Brazil nuts. Brazil nuts are very good for your prostate. Yeah. Very good they, for your prostate. They raise good libido too and everything. Yeah. 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 Good, yeah, good, good source of selenium. You, you read 4-Hour Workweek? No. Yeah, that's where I got it from. Oh, really? Yeah. Or four, sorry, Four Hour Body. Yeah. Four Hour Body. That's his sequel to Four Hour Work Week. And he talks about 
Brazil nuts, uh, slow carb diet. I think he's one of the main proponents of the slow carb diet. Okay. You heard of that? Basically, not like high processed, simple Vegetables carbs. and meats, and that's it pretty much. Yeah. And well, beans. that's like kind of paleo without the, the beans. Right. Do you, do you eat beans? Yes, for sure. Beans are fine. For me, yes. And I know you want to talk a little bit about the blood type that's diet right. and yeah. lectins, right? <laughs> I'm on it, man. I, blood I, types. Yeah. So, okay. so the thing, look. I actually studied under Peter Diodamo, the creator of the blood type diet back in the 90s, right? Hmm. And the blood type diet, basically, the premise is that uh, foods have certain lectins, these proteins, and they react with our blood cells. But do you know your blood type? No, I don't. Okay, I'm an O. Okay. So as a bl O blood type, my cells are going to react a little differently to lectin and let's say if you were an A blood type, right? So let's say spinach, for example. Mm. As an A, your red blood cells are going to go, Shh, this is fine. We love spinach. But me as an O, they might go like this. Oh, my God, we're going to coagulate. This is too much. It's inflammatory. That's the whole premise of the blood type diet, right? That's so that, true for you? No, well, not necessarily spinach. Okay. <laughs> spinach is great for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> All right. But for as a, um, a blood type O diet. For beans, yeah. It, ironically enough, that's the evolutionary hunter-gatherer diet. So we're supposed to have evolved our blood types with eating lots of meat, actually. Right. So, so, so some people actually are healthier with meat. Well, that's based on the blood type diet we're, yeah. now we're talking about. <laughs> Whereas blood type A would be more so post-industrial, like vegan, more like a vegan diet, lots of vegetables, grains. Um, I don't always recommend that diet because there's not a lot of good, good data on it. Hmm. But what we what I have seen is clinically it's helped a lot of people, especially with arthritis and inflammatory issues in their joints and in their muscles. I've seen it like snap of a finger. I'm like, whoa, that was pretty interesting. Okay. You know? And that covers the plant paradox thing. So Stephen Gundry's plant paradox is, and not a lot of people talk about it, is literally based on Peter Diodamo's work. Okay. It's how you took that work yeah. and then made it his and made it popular. Also, I feel like a lot of these diet fads are like, they mix in like fasting and that'll cure and then it overlaps. Yeah, and yeah. then it overlaps. Right. So the thing with Gundry's diet is it's, it's less sophisticated than Peter Diodamo's because he's just saying all spinach is bad for all blood types, therefore stay away. Oh. Right? And not necessarily spinach, but whatever he's putting in that Yeah, category. then he's got all his supplement lines. And then, and then he's like, but <laughs> you want to know how your body's going to take this in? Take my red powder. Yeah. Take my green powder. I hate that stuff, man. <laughs> snake oil. Yeah, snake oil. You see my Instagram. Do I ever sell anything? No. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about things that are good, but I, okay. I don't make money from Instagram. You don't like sell that. no, you don't do any... Uh... Affiliates? No. No? No, man. <laughs> You can't as a doctor. Well, that's no, a bad I, did, look. I did see some like uh, food review. I don't I know. I do food reviews. Does that? Do they pay you? No, to no one choose? pays me. Zero. Yeah, Zero biased. dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, but I do review food. Okay. Uh, certainly. And then you mentioned fasting. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I figure that's that's great. And yeah, there's no really wrong way to do it, right? Well, well, well <laughs> stop eating so much. Well, well, someone who stops eating and like doesn't drink water for a week, that might be the wrong way to okay. do it, right? If you're doing a long fast, check with your doctor, right? You want someone to at least watch you or a practitioner. Well, that's not really, what are they going to be by your side? The whole no, time? but they might give you recommendations like, okay, yeah. make drink water every few hours because some people do dry fast, get dehydrated and you yeah. know, get really sick. But intermittent fasting is that is the fasting that is basically utilizing, it's like time-restricted feeding, right? So you feed during an hour win or a certain window and then donate. And that actually, in lots of studies, has been shown to be really helpful from head to toe. Yeah. Brain, heart. Everything. Yeah, triglycerides, 
de detoxification. It's wild, immune system. Do you intermittent fast every day? I, I do, and now it's become so natural, but in the past, you know, I used to like eat yeah, when I eat. Right. Wake yeah. up in the morning, go straight to the kitchen, right? And if I'm hungry at 9.30 at night, eat something at 9.30 at night. Hmm. Wait, but, so, wait, so you only eat between two and... Well, the, the, the major one, and we see a lot of studies, is 12 and 6. Okay. But for me, if I'm hungry around 12, like 11, I wake up, I just worked out the day before, I'm hungry, I'm eating at 11. I don't yeah, care. so when you're working out, can that be dangerous? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. It's actually shown that when you go through that process of spring cleaning, as I call it, because the body, when you're fasting, starts cleaning up all that crap in mm -hmm. your body, the dead cells, the infected cells, hmm. um, what happens is when it's going through that process, you it, it's helpful to rebuild muscle too once you start refeeding. So it's like, look, fasting, fasting, cleaning up, cleaning up, and then the time comes to eat, that refeeding is really good. Okay. Do you ever do three-day fasts? I have. Yeah, yeah I have. Uh, <laughs> it, it, they're, they're, kind, they're hard. I've done a three-day water fast and, you know, Think about how much of our lives we eat, right? Like we've mm -hmm. been born the day eating, eating, eating. So it's like literally become a ritual, mm -hmm. you know, it's a bookmark to our day. So you have to become conscious of something really alien and like I'm not eating and that's really weird. But uh, once you get past that, it's actually really beneficial. I've well, done yeah. a lot of water. I've heard like, yeah, sometimes you, yeah, so the hunger pangs go away after like the first day and then some, you know, mm -hmm. kind of lose your they whole do. appetite and all of this stuff. Yeah, know? yeah. Think about this, man. We evolved more so not eating than eating, Yeah. right? Because we had times where we had no food for days and then we feast. Oh, yeah. here comes a famine again. Yeah, and that's like how every animal in the kingdom is. Sure, you, yeah. you, you think you think a, a raccoon is always just hanging out and eating all day? <laughs> every single day, mm. you know, from morning till night. So we have these rhythms in our body that we adjust to and we've been made, actually, our body's very much so adaptable and created to those stresses of not eating. So we're just trying to utilize that medically now to understand what it's doing hmm. and how it can benefit us. Cool. Uh, sunscreen. I hear that causes cancer <laughs> now. You wear sunscreen? Uh, I, I, look, check this out. <laughs> I did a whole review on sunscreens. Oh. Um, the conventional sunscreens, you're not gonna put on, apply it, go to the beach and get cancer. But if you're living, let's say we live in the sun, right? And you're putting sunscreen every single day, you might wanna be uh, vigilant into what you're putting in your body. Those sunscreens are pretty toxic. They put a lot of crap in there. Oxybenzones is one why, of the main chemicals. Why do they do that? Well, one, to preserve them. One, for them to do the job that it's doing, which is completely blocking the sun, which I think is a little crazy because we evolve with the sun. Yeah. The sun does more than give us vitamin I, D. I literally like try to get as much sun as I can now. Mm -hmm. It's like almost impossible to get a sunburn in the winter. I, exactly. Yeah. I always think about to myself, are the people who are really having an issue with the sun, is their internal environment shitty? Right, is something going on in there where they have a horrible diet, horrible lifestyle, and then the sun's just a stressor mm. instead of something that's really therapeutic? Because me, dude, look at me, I'm in the sun all the time. Mm. I, I'm working in the sun, I eat breakfast in the sun, I eat lunch in the sun. Mm -hmm. Knock on wood, I have no cancer, but I feel, <laughs> I feel pretty damn good and my vitamin D is wonderful. Plus, it's no wonder like everyone's happier in the summer. 100%. You, know? you get like an hour or two of sun a day or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, all we really need is about 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes with at least 40% of our body exposed mm -hmm. to get a really adequate good amount of vitamin D. Right, and, and the supplements don't nearly absorb nearly as well. well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, 
it's not just vitamin D the sun's giving us. It's the, the signals and inputs from the sun, from our eyes to our skin is, is really deep. It's evolutionary, right? Hmm. It, it activates so many different parts of our body. That's, it's not just like vitamin D, you know? <laughs> so I, yeah. I think that we need to pay more attention to that rather than be like, well, I can't get sun this week. I'm just gonna pop in some 2000 IUs of vitamin D. We'll be good. Yeah. Although it will raise your blood vitamin D or serum vitamin D. It's, it's not the be all end all. What's the best way to filter water these days? At this point, it's either reverse osmosis or the Berkey water filter. Okay. Right. The problem is, is that, yeah. Well, why can't why can't you order Berkey in California? Oh, did you try? Have you seen that? You tried? Well, I, I did, but it said like, well, their website um, said they couldn't ship it to California, but then on Amazon. You can do it through Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah they, they only send you the travel one, which is like yeah. good for one person, like a but little, a family, yeah. it's not that good. Right. I don't know. They have their weird okay. regulations. Yeah. But Berkey is, is clean because it will purify the water. It's not even filter. Literally, you put mud water in there and it will purify it into and water. It takes out the fluoride. It takes out the fluoride. Most filters don't. Majority don't. I don't know. I know the Brita doesn't take and out what's fluoride. wrong with fluoride? It makes Vegas. your teeth white. Uh, oh, <laughs> it doesn't even make them white. It supposedly makes them strong, but I don't, I don't even see enough evidence of that. The bigger issue with fluoride is it's a neurotoxin, hmm. right? That's the whole nervous makes system. Makes you dumb? Uh, we do see reduced... <laughs> I, no, it really does. We, we see huh. reduced reduction in IQ in children who are uh, inundated with fluoride. Okay. It has an affinity for a part of the brain called the pineal gland, which releases DMT, which releases melatonin. So that's a big issue because it literally can calcify it. We see the cadavers of folks who have been inundated with fluoride, their pineal gland is pretty much similar to that of a tooth. And it's supposed to be squishy brain tissue, not calcified tooth tissue. Okay. So yeah, I'm pretty big on, I'm pretty passionate about bringing, removing fluoride. That's one, one of the number one things. We don't need it. Okay. We don't, that's not the cause of cavities. Well, why did they add it for the first, oh, it's for the cavities, that's why. That's the only reason they why? Say, they say it's for the dental health, but if conspiracy, you- Conspiracy. Yeah. Well, if, if, <laughs> and without, yeah, it's funny. Right, yeah. It, without even being a conspiracy theory, this is exactly what it is. The fluoride that they put in the water is a byproduct of industry, right? So it's not like, let's put elemental fluoride in there from nature so everyone's teeth can be better, mm. right? So just, just think about that. Like it's a byproduct of industry that's going in our water and they say it's for- Like someone's know. making money, right? Isn't that how, <clears throat> isn't that how it all is? Yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah. So you do believe uh, Big Meat is funding some eco, you know, environmentalist groups and stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I know that dairy has funded many, many studies, uh -huh. many. Um, and to favor them, whatever. For sure, yeah. for sure. There was actually a study looking at the studies funded by dairy mm. to see where the clock went or the ticker went on yes or no, and it was all yes, all yes. It's like, it'd be ridiculous for them to say stay away well, from dairy. So is it, what, a boardroom of people? How, like, there's different dairy companies. How does that work? Who's paying for that? Well, there's, there's like the, the association, right? The, the big dairy, right? Okay. Big dairy, that's, that's what we'll call it, like big pharma, sure. big dairy. Right. Um, and they have huge lobbying capacity, billions and billions, where they can, they can really influence a lot of these decisions made. If you look at my plate, right, which is what the dietitians are taught, um, that we should have, I think it's three glasses of dairy now as, as adults, hmm. which is crazy. Hmm. Do you come home after playing basketball and drink a glass of milk? No. It's pretty wild, but that is the recommendation. When, when, here's a wild thing, when we look at the studies, and this was done by one of the heads of nutrition at Harvard, Walter Willett, when you look at the studies for dairy, man, it's wild. It doesn't really do anything for our bone health. 
in the '90s, remember the milk commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it does a body good. Yeah, it's good like for your uh, bones. Mark McGuire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grow up in a Puerto Rican family. Drink your drink your milk. It's going to make your bones strong, right? Hmm. But the the wild thing is that we see it does nothing for the bones. So hmm. it, it's 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 for me. I'm like, what are we doing in the medical industry where we're just still recommending dairy to children, recommending dairy to adults, um, when that that profile in dairy is not made for human beings? You think there's any hope for you know the other side battling big meats and big dairy? The dairy industry is losing billions and billions of dollars because of alternatives. The movement, yeah. yeah it, it's it, and it was last year. I think was the biggest loss they've ever had. Great. Yeah, I mean, because it's like it's like how many people really drink milk now, or you know? Well, no, I'll, a lot of people. Not in L.A. Not now. Oh yeah, I know, <laughs> right? Know? I know. I, we're right. in our bubble where we see like all of these fit people who are like. Yeah, in all our restaurants and yeah. everything. Yeah. I haven't seen. I swear to God, I haven't seen someone smoke since I moved here. Yeah, you you don't see that anywhere. Actually. You don't really see that, huh? Yeah. But regardless, so maybe dairy stays away from California, that mm-hmm. demographic, that market. But mm-hmm. regardless, yeah, they do have a stronghold on a lot. But the beautiful thing is that we have now almond milk, macadamia milk, pistachio milk, okay. oat milk. You don't have any qualms with them? No, I mean, I have qualms when they're not organic, when they're not high quality, right? Okay. Because that's, you're just trading something shitty for something eh, a little bit better, but still shitty. I've heard theories that organic uh, doesn't, I don't know, it's not that important. It is, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> that's a, I got an answer for everything, man. You yeah. just keep shooting. Yeah. The, uh, the, the study was based from Stanford University study a few years ago, which was had really, really slim and poor um, definition for the word nutritious. And that study got slammed left and right. New York Times wrote a huge article about how that was the worst study. But that was a study that's saying, organic ain't nothing, it's terrible, stay away from it, right? Hmm. Well, the truth of the matter is this. Is this. When you choose USDA organic, you're, you're guaranteeing that 95% of the ingredients are there. Do not have, they're not using pesticides, herbicides, sewer sludge, radiation, synthetics derived from- Sewer sludge? Yeah. like. Literally, like they're, some they're, apple farmers are just slathering not, sewer sludge. Not, not, not that blatant, but they're deriving stuff that's coming from sewer sludge, right? Or, or okay. utilizing those ingredients, right? So it's wild for me to hear to hear that. Like, huh. and at any, any given time, we can have forty-seven to sixty-seven different pesticides in our produce that are not organic. So what does that mean, right? We are be- our bodies are beautiful. We can detoxify wonderfully. We have livers, kidneys, skin. We poop. Um, but right. the problem is there's accumulation, bioaccumulation of things throughout life, right? So if you eat non-conventional food, that might be okay. But someone who's, who's smoking cigarettes, who has a poor lifestyle, not exercising, they're exposed to stuff at home. That's our cup that's filling up. So that's why I'm really always pushing organic. It is, and it's found to be, there's various studies, pretty much on average 40% more nutritious than conventional food in the context of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. Okay. Microwaves? Uh, well, microwaves are an interesting thing. Uh, the, uh, you know, not, not many people have asked me about that, actually. Yeah. One thing I found is that when you cook mushrooms, one of the best ways to cook it is in a microwave okay. uh, to preserve its nutrients and its immune-stimulating properties. The issue with micro- microwaves that I have is that when you have protein-rich foods, it can, what they call denature, break down those proteins, right? So they're mm. not... They're not, you're not getting the full expansive benefit from like that. Beans? Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, because they have beans in there. Hmm. Um, is a microwave going to give you brain cancer because of the radiation? Probably not. Th- those waves aren't as strong, but it's just 
cook your food. Right. <laughs> you know, like. Well, no, my be like I I'll, when I put black beans in a bowl and I put them in the microwave, they're so much better than if I try to skillet or fry them. Oh, are they? Yeah. Really? They're like uniformly warm. They're just they. I don't know when I they get all mushy and shitty when I try to skillet them. Yeah. Well, look, when you're cooking, using the microwave, the, the rays aren't going in there and like creating cancer in the beans and you're eating them. It's not necessarily like that. Okay. Where the big concern. Yeah. Um, I just. I would rather cook my food. Um, <clears throat> speaking, so yeah, e- speaking of EMFs, do you believe uh, cell phones are causing brain cancer maybe? There is concern. Yeah. Yeah, there is concern. You're, you're kind of not sure. What do you think? There is concern because uh, we've seen in children that it increases the risk. Uh, we see an increased amount of uh, glucose go to the part where they're putting their phones, meaning that there's an increased amount of activity, increased risk of brain cancer. Um, the, it's it, it's been by the IRC, uh, which is a body that basically classifies things as yeah, it'll give you cancer. Or, eh, probably not going to give you cancer. I think it, the last time I checked, it was like likely carcinogen or probable. So it's probably or likely going to give you cancer. That's if it's like right here. That's the right, that's a belief, right? Like right. having it right here. So most, uh, a lot of people are doing the. Mm-hmm. Speakerphone now, which is which is how it should be. Basically, as a practitioner, the thing I would recommend is never put your phone to your ear. Okay. Never sleep with your phone. Yeah. Never you fall asleep. I, I put it like on my pillow, like this. Yeah, yeah, and then fall asleep like yeah. that. That might be that might be a big issue. <laughs> put it on airplane mode, man. You know, and yeah. and women, if you're running on the treadmill, keep it away from your you know sports bra. Right. Men, try to not keep it in your. Where do you shorts. Where do you keep your? I phone? put on airplane mode. Oh, for when the most when part, it's in if your it's pants. on my, if it's on my body. Yeah. Well, that's annoying because it's like then you get like ten missed calls. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, but I, it's like whatever. Yeah. So look, <laughs> it's not that big of a hassle. It's not yeah. big of a hassle. I'll just call you back. Yeah. Um, yes, okay. and there's and there's concern over five G for sure. You you had mentioned. You yeah, when's like that come out? I think it's rolling out pretty much everywhere. And that's gonna we're not gonna be able to get away from it. <sighs> no, not at all. Yeah. Unless you move to Costa Rica or something, right? <laughs> or, no, or like Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah, where you have no service. But <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, there was a group of 180 scientists and doctors who put together something, over 40 countries, that put together something that's saying, like, there's nothing conclusive right now for 5G. We recommend you holding it, the rollout, until we understand what it does to human health and the environment. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's only s- been like 20 years, 20, 25 years. Yeah, I mean, we are the lab rats for 5G. Yeah. We'll see how it happens. And we're, we're seeing like the virulence of some um, viruses, like how aggressive they are, like Epstein-Barr virus is activated by 5G, which is wild. This is something that I came across. I was looking at a study. Anyone who's listening or viewing, just check it out. Go look for a study like wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Which virus? Epstein-Barr virus. Oh, mono. I thought, you meant, I thought you said the coronavirus. No, not the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. This is, we are in the thick of things with the corona. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. What's, um, you concerned about that? No, not like the TV is. I'll okay. tell you that much. All right. There's way too much like fear-based hype out there, man. It's yeah. like uh, well, they're cashing in. Yeah. Because I was like glued for like three hours reading everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's but what was last year? Like Ebola? You know, like that's right. there's always there's always something that mm. is gonna kill us. You know. So for me, I'm like, all right, relax. Let's like, let's be practitioners. Let's be aware well, rather than live in fear we need to worry about how to make our immune system stronger right okay like can we take supplements do we what about how how are we sleeping how are we eating are we moving are we having enough sun right mm. like 
basic stuff, how are our stress levels? Kindergarten stuff. Literally, right? <laughs> the stuff that when, the stuff that, you know, you forget to learn uh, or your doctor forgets to tell you instead of giving you medication. So they mm. give you medication, but Do yeah. doctors still get bribes from Big Pharma? Uh, I mean, I, I, I never read that they're getting blatant, you know, here, yeah. here man, I got you. <laughs> Here's a little something, something for the family. Well, no, that was definitely happening in the 90s. But, there, but, there, but, but, but what you do see is like indirect benefits, like kickbacks. Um, huh. That did happen, that for sure happened. Oh, Pharmaceutical companies would give a lot yeah. of doctors kickbacks. I, I, I haven't heard of that happening. I really hope it doesn't. Yeah. Um, Why do you think so many doctors are so quick to just hand out medications? Because that's within the context of the training. Are they just like lazy or? I don't no, know. no, it's not. And they're, they're very much so well-meaning and want to help people, but that's in the context of their training. Like if I trained you how to fix toilets and then I'm asking you, well, you know, can you tell me how to fix pipes too while you're at it? No, I just know how to fix the outside of the toilet. I don't know how to really go all the way in the plumbing and the pipes and get in there. Oh. What, 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 so when you have a, a toolbox that you've been trained, that's sort of all you know, right? So the best medicine is going to be this medication for you. Instead of the best medicine being like, well, why do you have the symptom? Let's get to the root cause and let's prevent it and or let's, why don't we use something natural that has been shown to be as effective hmm. and safer? You take any medications? No. No, no medications, no need. Have you ever had to? No, never. Uh, well, look, I've taken antibiotics, and there's a huge place for antibiotics, mm -hmm. right? If, yeah, I, yeah. if I have pneumonia, or if, if, if corona hits me really hard, right, and I have pneumonia, mm. you better believe I want my antibiotics. <laughs> or if I, if I walk uh, you know, across the street on, on Melrose and I you know, get hit by a car and my leg's falling off, you better believe I want painkillers and antibiotics. So there's a beautiful place for conventional medicine. They, are, they do an awesome job at emergency medicine. They do a shitty job at prevention. Okay, what do you do? You think there's a place for them uh, for depression and anxiety? It's a good question. The model for depression and anxiety that psychiatrists are using is antiquated. We need to understand that uh, depression and anxiety is not, you know, a, a depletion of your neurotransmitters or an imbalance in you chemically, but it's more based on a cytokine model, meaning that you have inflammation in the brain for some particular reason. Can be, that can be an upstream or downstream issue, but there's inflammation in the brain that is causing changes in the brain. Therefore, we're seeing a lot of these things. So what I've seen is the practitioners who are reversing like severe depression, um, really severe mental issues, anxiety, are the ones who are addressing inflammation and doing something more powerful than going, here, take your Xanax, right? Uh -huh. take, your, take your depression meds, right? And those just temporarily bring down the inflammation. No, they don't even target the inflammation. It's based on something else. Huh. It's based on something else. It is not, for me, a, taking a medication for depression, like let's say Paxil, years and years. I'm sorry, that's not the one. I forgot. Yeah, no, that's, that's an SSRI. Paxil, yeah, yeah. SSRI, I forgot. Uh, years and years and years. That's not an answer, right? The answer is like, why do you have depression? Yeah. Right? And how can we figure that out? And you can literally do functional tests that can test the levels of inflammation in the brain, okay. which is wild, right? We can see that now. Hmm. And doing that and seeing how that correlates with your physical symptoms is much more responsible medicine than you coming in here and going, here, just take this, take this medicine. Let's see how your symptoms are later, right? I agree. But <laughs> the SSRI is doing something. 
It is. It is. It's, it's, it's not bringing down the inflammation. It's not bringing. It's because not. It's not tackling the root cause, right? Those are those are downstream effects that happen in the body. Okay. So it's like, if I have an overgrowth of bacteria in my gut, yeah, and I have heartburn, right? That but the I, I can go to gastroenterologist and they can give me heartburn medication, hmm. but is anyone addressing why I have heartburn, right? What's happening? What's happening upstream that's causing my heartburn to start manifesting? Yeah. So I think that we ha that's that's the way that I see medicine, functional doctor see medicine, integrative doctor see medicine, is seeing like, all right, yeah, you can take a med medication and it'll help until a certain point. It doesn't. It won't always help. Right. Right. Well, it's um, but it's not. It's also not just as simple as inflammation, like per, you know PTSD and mm -hmm. uh, emotional stress. For sure. Okay. For sure. The emotional. There's, there's always a component to that, right? There's a genetic predisposition that folks will have. So hmm. my brain can be inflamed from A or B reason, leaky gut, uh, exposures for mold or for something, hmm. but I'm not really depressed. I might be a little off. Whereas if I have that genetic predisposition, those epigenetics, the things outside of me, like let's say mold exposure or gut issues or a really traumatic experience, that can make that cup leak over and that manifests as for me, depression, for you, anxiety, you know, for, for Joe, just a little bit of, I've been off, you know, so not, that's biochemically, everyone's very different. Okay, that being said, maybe some, for some people, Paxil is necessary? It, it may help, Yeah. it may help again, but it's not the root cause. Right. So in necessity, right, right so if you, this is this is where conventional meds come in, hmm. for symptom relief, Okay. right? If my, if my heart, if my heartburn is not alleviated by anything, I'll take something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, it's killing me. I, be, I haven't been able to function. I'll worry about the yeah. The give root me my bandaid. <laughs> exactly. Give me my bandaid. Okay. Which is why I don't write off. I certainly don't write off what conventional medicine does in that capacity at, at all. all right. This is why I want integrate. I want us all to work together as a team, right? Okay. So while you're putting your bandaid, let us look for that root cause. So then they can get off that bandaid medication, which shouldn't be long term, and then just just heal. Okay. Alcohol. Ah, uh, well, alcohol. You drink on the weekends? No, I don't drink on the weekends. I hardly drink. I did drink on the weekends in my 20s for sure. Okay. I did some partying. So, <laughs> uh, so alcohol is an issue, especially if you have, it's a huge hormone disruptor, put it that way. Um, and a lot of male and females, men and women today have hormone issues. Basically what I'll say, it, it, this analogy, if your hormones need to, it's like a, it's like a, tub with a bunch of water and your water is your hormones properly detoxifying hormones is like it's just going down the tub and it's fine mm -hmm. it's not building up like to sewer water basically what alcohol does is it competes with that water so it take it's like hey man move over let me get in line let me let me let me go first and that competitive change basically starts stagnating that detoxification of hormones so what i'm trying to say is folks with hormonal issues which is basically everyone then we start having we start seeing a lot of issues with men and women with okay. alcohol. It's a big hormone disruptor. Uh, uh, predisposition to cancer. It's inflammatory. The laughable list. Yeah, it's a lot. It's like, it, <laughs> but but then look on the other side. Like I understand people drink, so it's like okay, you it's know, it's hard to not drink, it, especially socially, right? Yeah. Like all right, hey man, let's go out uh, uh, it's, tonight. It's fun to like easily connect with people. Sure, and mm. I will, and that's what I'm saying. Like every now and then, I'll sit down, I'll have. Uh, a glass of whatever with someone when I'm out, but um, you have to be really careful with, with binge drinking. Yeah, you know, and the and question why? Like, why do I need to drink when I'm out? 
do I have an issue with myself socially? Well, because it feels good. Well, because if, why does it feel good? Uh, because it's getting you drunk. I don't know. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, can you feel that good without alcohol? No. Some people can, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. I get it. Listen, listen. <laughs> Shit, I used to feel great when I used to drink. You know. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Yeah, as I get older, I like it less and less. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, in the in the context of like sugar and the effect on blood sugar, then things like tequila or vodka might be better than you know, I don't know, like I, a jungle juice or something. Right. Well, yeah, I feel like. Vodka and tequila are the healthiest liquor. In the context of that, it, all of them are going to disrupt your hormones. Right. <laughs> if you think about wine, red wine is usually the better choice because of the benefits. Antioxidants. It, well, not necessarily antioxidants. Uh, it disrupts your gut the least of, of all of the alcohols. Hmm. The problem is you want to get a good quality one. You yeah. don't want to. You don't want you know glyphosate in there, which is a chemical that they put in in. in for to make it taste better or? no to protect it from you know weeds and spoiling and oh right so you want a glyphosate free organic biodynamic wine that's basically what you want yeah because the french i guess you know they're living in their 90s and they have well there's i have my own theories on like oh all right yeah what, what are your theories yeah not necessarily, not necessarily the french we have things like called blue zones hmm. and in those blue zones it has the highest um age group it's basically the oldest folks right Highest concentration of old folks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well into their hundreds. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And the, there's different commonalities. A lot of them, most of them eat a lot of plants, of course. Uh-huh. Um, some are vegan. Some eat some fish. None of them are carnivores. Um, but they have community. They have basically like they yeah. know each other. Yeah. You know, like imagine like sitting at a table with your neighbor. I bet you don't know your neighbor. Right. I don't know mine. No, well, I, I met her once. Yeah, once. <laughs> I met mine, like, in passing, too. Yeah, yeah. With a wall between us, like, uh, Huge like communities, yeah. Yeah. It's the, just, yeah. I've, communal. I've, communal. Um, That's been know, the most powerful thing. Moral support and the connection. Yeah, so it's it, it actually is, like, not only the concept of having people in a community and you feel like you belong, but it's the support, like you just said. That support system has been shown to be, and it's pretty wild, Having community has been shown to be as effective as getting off smoking cigarettes and not being obese. Wow. Isn't that wild? In yeah. the context of Because even, even in the blue zones, they're all smoking. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they're, 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 <laughs> they're eating they're, fatty Europeans, bread. Yeah, they're just doing their thing, drinking wine all right. the time. Yeah. So if we're drinking, if you want to drink wine all the time or alcohol every weekend or you smoke cigarettes, I'm, I'm going to say, hey, don't do that. There's uh, better choices. But, yeah. but go find a community that is not like trivia night getting wasted but a real community where you feel supported and have depth oh right yeah right well yeah at least do not it a with, false community at least like a game night with your friends which is good yeah but yeah. like not a bunch of stra- or like strangers not, at yeah, a bar not at the bars right you know what yeah. I mean yeah. apple cider vinegar is that the wonder does that do all these all the benefits they claim you know what's what's the wonder is sleep that's the wonder okay proper sleep is the wonder for health yeah and it's becoming sexy again because people are finally talking about it hmm. the importance of sleep how how this you, is a medical nerd calling things sexy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is sleep. <laughs> sleep is sexy. It's like hip, yeah. Yeah, it's the hip thing now, but yeah. Uh, more than apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is wonderful for like stimulating digestion. So if you have issues with your digestion, maybe take a little apple cider vinegar, put some water, take a shot, hmm. and it'll help tell the stomach, hey, there's food coming in here. That's what it's best used for. Tips for sleep? Sleep hygiene. Basically putting together something for yourself about an hour before bed, um, turning off all of these lights, these yeah. fluorescent lights. You know, uh, Some folks wear blue blockers. 
the, the block you? the blue light. Yeah, I wear it at night. <laughs> and you got to see, man, I look like like I have some, some futuristic. Yeah. I have some blue blocker glasses. You do? Mm-hmm. So put them on. Yeah. About They say like four hours before your bedtime, I put it like three. Mm-hmm. But certainly if I'm on my phone or computer, which I know you are. Yeah. And I am. So you certainly should be wearing them. And then having a routine. So for me, an hour before bed, phone is off, period. Like no more calls, airplane mode. Okay. And then um, I'll do something that is like winding me down, which is like a shower. I always take a shower at night and then I'll do some stretching, reading. It's a wrap. I'm in bed, hmm. you know. And that that is the most important thing because sleep, the benefits of sleep are expansive. Yeah. You know. When you get a good night's sleep, you could take on the world. You could you get you could take on all the stress. Everything could go wrong that day, but you're still resilient. Mm. And what it does for your hormones, for your immune system, for your nervous system, for all the connections in your body is just is game changing. Your blood sugar. Any position that's better than the other. They say sleeping on your back is the best. Hmm. But um, do you used to play Street Fighter? Oh, uh, when you were little, maybe once. I was. Uh, you you were. Uh, 90s, so I was like five when that oh, you're was popping. Yeah. yeah, so there was a guy named, uh, I just saw a meme, it was Saget, and he was like, he used to fight with his knee, and he did this move called a tiger knee, mm. so they called it a tiger knee pose. I just saw a meme. It was like, oh, okay. well, it's like the Swatsika thing. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're in some, yeah. So for me, I try to sleep on my back because I know it's a really restful position. It's good. It's good for posture. It's good for your bones. Yeah. But I always end up in that. Yeah, and thing. also make the room cold. Certainly, yeah. yes. I didn't mention that. Between uh, seventy-five, I mean sixty-five to seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, seventy-five is a little too hot, so I say sixty-five to seventy. No, I like it icy cold. It should like be a cold. Winter camp out. Yeah. So what happens is, and this is why I would say, I see, I take a shower before bed, and I should have said this. Taking a hot, hot shower before bed might not be a good issue. You never want to raise your body temperature before bed because it can disrupt your sleep for the next few hours. Hmm. So you always want to make sure you take a like a lukewarm. I take a, I take a semi colder shower before okay. bed. And it's helpful. Yeah, yeah. I so take cold showers, yeah. but usually in the morning. And then in the morning, I'll take a real cold shower like after a, working out. Yeah. You do. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you believe in cold showers? Hundred thousand percent. <laughs> cold Cause, showers. Because it's, it's more natural, you know, the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. No, we we come to a place where we're just so comfortable in like this room temperature house, room temperature car, room temperature office, and we've evolved with these inputs of nature and cold and hot, and it activates different parts of our body and different things in our body, especially our immune system. So yeah, cold is, it's awesome. Yeah. Is heart disease and cancer reversible? Ah, that's hard to, heart disease is, it depends on the stage of heart disease, right? Right. Right. I've seen people who who have plaques, who've been shown to have pre-plaques, right? Like just starting cholesterol, Uh deposits, inflammation in the heart, all of their heart sensitivity, their inflammation markers up. I've seen that reversed, Hmm. right? That's a huge dietary thing. Yeah. Cancer is a different story. Yeah. Right? Because cancer is not always diet. Yeah. Right? You can, well, I've seen people actually change their diet and completely reverse cancer. Yes. Huh. For them, it might have been a dietary thing. But cancer is multifactorial. Yeah. It's diet. It's stress. It's environment. Right? It's, it's genetics. It's epigenetics. So the nine, um, it's like a 90% chance that heart disease is reversible with di- diet alone. It's it's certainly preventable, preventable. Yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent, at the very least, and that's the number one killer, right? And it's it's wild that that we eat so much crap in the standard American diet, that it's no wonder we see so much heart disease. Hmm. It's crazy how many people are sick with heart disease, and just like within this, I, I I wish I could give you the correct statistics, but 
a lot of people have died since we've had this interview. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I've heard it's number one for a while. Yeah, but cancer is a wild one, and that's actually my specialty that I've, I went to residency for cancer. I do a lot of breast cancer. Yeah. And I'm pretty passionate about cancer, and um, it's a killer. They say that one, when we're our parents' age, mm -hmm. it'll be one in two men and one in three women who have been diagnosed with cancer. That's scary. I have wow. a brother, so statistically it's me or my brother, which is wild. So mm -hmm. for us, it's like, what can we do now? Which is a lot of my work, right? Especially with breast cancer, I'm doing an ebook that's coming out, how to, how to basically, the things to do to put yourself to, in a place to prevent cancer. Okay. I can't say, hey, do this, you're gonna prevent cancer. Someone yeah. gets cancer, they go, Dr. G, what the hell? But when, uh, When's that come out? April. Cool. I'm working on it now. Hmm. So that, that, that I'm gonna launch that one. But I think it's really important for, and that's specifically for breast cancer? For breast cancer because that's been my drive for a mm -hmm. while. But but really, like there's so much in there that folks who just want to learn how to eat better, how to balance their hormones. Yeah. You know, you have a dad with prostate cancer, it's pretty similar. Breast cancer, prostate cancer are really similar interventions. Hmm. Well, okay, so is it mostly diet stuff you talk about? Huge diet stuff, but also lifestyle stuff. Move out of LA. Move well, out of because LA. of the, uh, the air quality. The air quality is horrible, it's the worst <laughs> in the country. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's shoot. like one or three, one of the two. Yeah, but 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 stuff like we have to think about the way I look is a big pie that contributes to cancer, and mm. each slice is different things yeah. for different people. So in in that I address everything. I have to, okay. you know. So everything that I know contributes to breast cancer. Well, what do we do? All right. What do you think of the Impossible Burger? It's yeah. I, it would be impossible for me to ever eat it, put it that way. It, <laughs> Why? It's vegan. It's, it's vegan, it is, but like, <laughs> is, I'm into Whole Foods, man. I'm into like one ingredient. And that is really heavily processed, the Impossible Burger. It really is. Now look, I don't want to vilify. It's helping the climate. Yeah, I, and, and the great. But I don't want to vilify people who eat it on the yeah, weekends, yeah, right. too. It's better than meat. It, I just, it, 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 yeah, I mean, look, it, it, there, there's two yeah, ways to look of. at it. There's, yeah. Because yeah, it's super, it's super processed. Yeah. You know, and like. Our, well, I, I read somewhere that uh, it has about 800 times more estrogen. Yeah, I think, I think that was, that was a little overblown. I don't know uh, if that was completely right. It does have soy, and soy is in, in its right, its own thing, which yeah. I don't have much of a problem with when it's clean, organic soy. Mm. Uh, that again, that's not an organic piece of food, mm. and it's utilizing this heme basically to make it taste like meat. It utilizes heme, but the way they make the heme um, molecule is from, I believe, a root of a certain plant. But the way they modify and process it is totally alien to our body. So then our body's taking it in, and we don't know if it's causing allergies for half the people, you know, one percent of the people. So uh, again, is yeah. So it's you don't trust it. I did a whole review on it. <laughs> you go on my Instagram, you'll see. Okay. Impossible Beyond Burger, and then for me, the better choices of veggie burgers. Well, yeah, I feel like a, a grass-fed thing, a steak, is probably healthier. It, in in the context of that, what it does to your body, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, I can't necessarily yeah. say. If I look, put it this way, if I ate meat, I would I wouldn't eat the Impossible Burger, and I'd right. eat a grass-fed burger. Yeah. If that if someone had to put it in front of me. Yeah. But instead, I just fast. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see. Whey protein. What's the best protein powder? Um, my review on plant-based protein powders. I didn't do it on animal-based ones, mm. but the plant-based protein powders that I found were. Should I say the brand? The brands? Um, I mean, if you want, but like I know there's collagen. 
Okay, yeah. Was, okay, protein. so yeah, there's collagen, there's plant-based proteins, which are like pea, brown rice, hemp, and then there's the whey protein. Okay. And they all have different benefits and downsides. Okay. Whey protein is probably the most bioavailable source and uh, expansive amino acids. You'll get the most yoked acids. on that You'll one. get the most yoked up. <laughs> but at the, at the same time, that's doing the most stress to your digestive system and your microbiome. Hormones, yeah. And, yeah, and your hormones, right? Because you're getting <laughs> animal. It's, it's dairy or whatever. It's dairy. It's coming from uh, the curdled milk. That It's liquid from it. Um, whereas on the other side, the plant-based ones, you really have to watch out for heavy metals, which is a big issue, right? Lead and cadmium coming in plant-based proteins, which is the whole review that I did last summer mm. on the best plant-based protein powders that I did on the show and on my Instagram. And then there is um, the collagen, which isn't necessarily dense, like post-workout protein. Mm. That's more used for like beauty and joint health. Um, and beauty. I just did a, yeah, I just did a collagen. Makes you like more handsome? Well, yeah, it makes folks like men like us glow. <laughs> I want the glow. Um, yeah, if you want the glow, get yourself some <laughs> collagen. But yeah, I reviewed the best collagens too. All right. Wait, osmosis water. Reverse osmosis. That's uh, that, but that doesn't take out the fluoride, does it? It takes out everything. Okay. Yeah, purifies it like the, like the Berkey. Yeah. And what you have? I have the Berkey and reverse osmosis. <laughs> you have both of them. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> do you put? Do you filter it through the Berkey and then through the osmosis? Uh, no. <laughs> With the with like the world's most purified water, it comes out yeah. as gold sparkling. No, and then bottle it, yeah. And then bottle it, and then sell it. At yeah. Everyone. So BPA free, right? That's oh. that's a scam. BPA free is a scam. BPA free is not necessarily any much better than BPA full. Okay. Uh, it's something the plastic industry did. They basically substituted crap for shit. Okay. You know. Yeah. Whereas, uh, this is why I tell people use stainless steel or glass. Okay. Instead. Got it. Stainless steel or glass, or boxed water too. I've seen that. Boxed water may be something, but the thing is, the the lining is usually using plastic too. Huh. The inside of the lining that you can't see. Hmm. So I, I I get the whole boxed water trend too, and yeah. on the surface it looks better. But why not just have glass or stainless steel? Fill up your Berkey water filter or reverse osmosis, then you have you know a huge water bottle. You heard of C four, pre workout? No. <laughs> well, I can't. I'm like looking at it, and it doesn't really show me. If it has, because it tastes really good. It's like it's like uh, tastes like Kool Aid, uh-huh. <laughs> but it doesn't have it doesn't. It says zero sugar. Uh-huh. So I'm looking for the aspar- aspartame, aspartame or, or the Splenda. Splenda. Yeah. I can't find it, so I, uh, I don't know. Huh? Where are they derive? And then I even from? then I even Google it, and all I could find was oh, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> I yeah. By who who wrote it? C four? <laughs> no. Well. Psh- one of them, but no, most of them. What is it for? Is it to like get it's you pumped pre-workout. up? It's pre-workout. Yeah, it's okay. just. Uh, I think of it as Kool Aid with some vitamins, juice, juice and beets. <laughs> literally, juice and beets. You get the arginine, right. or like eat some watermelon. Right, <laughs> you're literally doing the same thing in your body, and okay. and you're not putting that crap in there. Uh, would if you had to choose the lesser, e- the least evil sugar, as- aspartame, 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 or Splenda. Oh, damn, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I had to choose. Coke Zero, Diet Coke, Coke. I, I, I don't think I can, man. Yeah. It's, it's no, really, you have to choose. I, it's, it's so tough. Guy has man. a gun to your head. Choose. I, <laughs> God, I, may, I maybe this, not even the Splenda, man. It's, they're, they're all terrible. <laughs> you have to choose. Come on. All right. Because I know my state of health, uh-huh. I would take the sugar. Okay. That's uh, a, yeah, I figure that I would take that too. Because knowing my state of health, like I can handle it, it will, you know, it'll raise my insulin, but yeah, 
I eat a ton of fiber anyway. Okay. Um, man, because that because Splenda, Splenda aspartame, and aspartame, you're sure that's awful for you. A hundred percent. Okay. And the problem is, people argue that aspartame isn't bad, but they don't look at the metabolites when it breaks down in the body and what that does in the body. Hmm. So it is wild. It's for me. It's like, why is that in our? You know. Okay. I never felt good when I had Diet Coke. I know I used to get bloated all the time and I just yeah. crap. But we're so detached from how our bodies feel mm -hmm. with stuff, and we just keep like, you know, trudging on over and over without understanding. Oh man, like three hours later, I feel horrible. My stomach hurts. I have a headache. My joints hurt. I feel like going to sleep. Well, maybe it was something you ate three hours ago. You know, we never really look at that. Yeah. So we have to be better historians, like literally hour to hour of how we're feeling. Check in with yourself. How do we feel? Do you ever take aspirin or Advil or Tylenol? Uh, no, I don't just, need to. Do you, those just uh, what do you think? Same thing, symptoms, whatever. Uh, yeah. So something like aspirin. Uh, has been shown, has been shown, as we know it, that it can cause ulcers, it can cause bleeding in the stomach. And there's better options out there. White willow bark has been shown to be as effective and safer than aspirin, but no one uses it, right? Because we hmm. don't know about it. But one can use that when they're in pain, and it, you, it literally has aspirin in it, the, huh. the, the chemical, but it also has all the other constituents that help coat your stomach so you don't get an ulcer oh. or you don't get and that's that's nature versus like and us cocky men and women who think we could just outsmart yeah. nature and Bayer doesn't want you to no, know that Bayer doesn't want you to know that <laughs> <laughs> not at all and what's uh, it's turmeric oh sorry what? yeah you were going to say exactly that's what I was going to talk about turmeric oh, right. so, so something like let's say I go to the gym I'm doing really bad form bicep curls and I throw out my back I'm gonna go home and you know juice some turmeric, juice some ginger, um, hmm. take a shot of that, and I'll do some hot cold therapy in the shower. You know. Okay. There's a really nice trend going on with red light therapy. Have you seen those? Uh, yeah, I barely know about that. Yeah, so the red light therapy actually has been shown to reduce pain and it, it, a lot of athletes are using them. Yeah, pain and inflammation. Okay. So that's why it's huge in like in the NBA and the NFL. Um, so we have one of those at the house and. You know, so that's what I would do. Instead of, I wouldn't even think to just go, well, how can I put, how can I stop my body's signals telling me I'm in pain? And instead, why don't I just help work naturally with what's going on, reducing that inflammation, relaxing the muscle? Yeah. Hmm. But what do I know, right? <laughs> All right. One more. Okay. And then I'm just got to cover the Twitter questions. Essential oils, what do you think of those? Uh, they can be therapeutic. I think we just need to get good quality ones. I think there's a lot of brands out there that... I don't think I've ever used those. You use those? Uh, I, I Sometimes. I have some. Hmm. Um, like rubbing them, then it takes away pain or something? Uh, for some, when they use it, put it together with a carrier oil. But mm. I've seen it in the context in the cancer hospital I used to work at for a lot of men and women who had nausea from cancer would utilize peppermint oil and breathe it in. And literally, like they'd hmm. be like, wow, it's, it's actually really helping a lot. So... Because it goes to the brain centers where literally like the sense activate the different parts in the brain that are modulating the nausea. Hmm. And it's really helpful for that. So that's just an example that it can right. help. Yeah, they are therapeutic for sure. When you, when you, weed, do you smoke it or edibles? I don't like edibles, man. Yeah. They're, 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 they're heavy. They're heavy for <laughs> but me. But smoking is bad for your lungs. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, like we're not talking about like, it's, it's like I'll do it like once every few months. I was waiting for you to be like, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. No, <laughs> no. no. It's all right. Yeah. Oh, no. I will yeah. smoke it and I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll cough like a maniac. Yeah. Um, I it's mean, probably it, a lot better than tobacco smoke, right? Oh, hell yeah. 100%. You sure? 100%. <laughs>
Well, I don't know, these truth ads, who's paying for that? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, which inspires me, actually. I, I should do a whole thing on marijuana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, literally, yeah. If, if it changes the increased inflammation in the lungs and, and how, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm certainly not perfect. <laughs> you know? But no, it's the CBD that heals a lot of stuff, right? The CBD has been shown to activate and batch onto the endocannabinoid system in our body, and it does all these wonderful things. Um, thoughts on carnivore, ca- carnivore, carnivore diet. diet? But yeah, we kind of yeah, it's kinda just a little extreme. It. Yeah, it, I think it's a little extreme. I think I I think you cannot just disregard fiber in a diet. Meat can be nutrient dense. You can get a lot of vitamins. You can get a lot of minerals. But where are the antioxidants? Where's that fiber that feeds your gut bacteria? that literally is helping you be a human being, right? Well, it's pretty much like guaranteeing um, a heart attack, right? It, I mean, if, if, if people, if and there's a lot of, there's data that literally says, yeah, like you're increasing the risk of inflammation in the body and those byproducts of the meat, increasing clogging the pores, I mean, mm-hmm. clogging the, the arteries. Yeah, yeah, I mean like, but for, then maybe you with can't the, be extreme with stuff in life. Like, yeah, yeah, moderation. Yeah, yeah. like, for me, it's like I'll still eat my plant-based proteins. Like I don't need meat, and you know my my labs have always been wonderful. My nutrient profiles, knock on wood, have been wonderful. For me, I don't care what you diet you do. I care that you eat a lot of vegetables and a variety of colors. And what's your main source of protein? Beans, nuts, seeds, tempeh. Okay. Yeah, like it's sometimes I even do protein powders. You know, tempeh is the soy thing, right? Tempeh is fermented soy. Um, and that doesn't that cause estrogen and guys become girly? Mm. <laughs> this is the best bar question. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> guys become girly. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, what actually what soy does, contrary to popular belief, is that it blocks. It, we have the cell and receptors, and it blocks that. It protects that receptor from the carcinogenic form of estrogen. Basically, it protects the cell from the, the estrogen that is really going to cause a lot of damage in the body. Um, and that's contrary to popular belief. Everyone's like. Oh, if I eat soy, though, you know, yeah, yeah. like I'm going to become a woman, not necessarily at all. Okay. And that would be a concern, but on the contrary, what we see is women who who are predisposed to breast cancer or have breast cancer, or we see the least amount of breast cancers in the high soy eating populations. Oh. Um, in prostate cancer, there are actually many prostate cancer doctors who say, yeah, you eat soy, you know, in moderation, and it's shown to be protective for breast cancer and prostate cancer, which is wild, because if the mechanism was estrogen and causing estrogen and issues with estrogen, Hmm. then it would push more cancer. So I have much less of a problem with soy than say like, you know, brofitness.com may have, you know? (laughs) Right. Uh, Can guys get breast cancer? Guys can get breast cancer. Small amount, small percent. Um, That's like the guys that eat a lot of soy? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, not the guys who let us away. It's usually genetic, like really big genetic thing. Well, okay, cool. Testosterone supplement. Supplement. Sub. Well, there's the TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, which Mm -hmm. is like a doctor's thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, you know, the terrible or what's that? Tribulus or something. Oh, tribulus. Whatever. Yeah. There's all that stuff. All that stuff. Which is like supplement stuff. Number one thing for testosterone. You want to know. Yeah. Sleep. Great. <laughs> it's, no, I know. It's literally deep restorative sleep. Yeah. REM sleep, non-REM sleep, everything. Deep restorative sleep. Yeah, I have an aura ring and it tracks the sleep. And I, I have, what about I have a dog? Could she be waking me up and me not getting good sleep? Maybe. Yeah. 
if you have, you should get a ring or something that tracks your sleep. Oh, and yeah. you can see well, that how many app, times you're waking up. What's that called? Sleep Cycle. Sleep Cycle you're, is another one, yeah. Is that a good app? It's a good app. It's not as sensitive as this ring, but, you know. The, that's an electronic that's an, ring? Not, well, I put on airplane mode. Okay. So the, the data comes in in the morning when I take it off. But it's Bluetooth. It's, no, it's on airplane mode. Oh, got it. So then you take it off, you put it on, <laughs> activate it, then it goes right. on. I'll get all these links in, I got from you. my Amazon links. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yeah, so testosterone, right. So you don't know too much about the replacement therapy? I don't know. Uh, sometimes. I've, I've worked with some doctors who did it. I never, yeah. I never worked on it with it. But, <clears> but literally that and, and leg workout, squatting. Okay. Squatting, yeah. I got my uh, kettlebell swings. Perfect. Um, what would you say is the healthiest? All right, what if you, well, they asked, what's the healthiest superfood to combat diseases? Would you say kale? No, no, I'd, the healthiest superfood is vegetables and a variety of them, diverse, okay. diverse color. It's not just like leafy greens, but every single color of the rainbow. If you had to pick one meal to eat for the rest of your life and only that, what would you choose? One meal to eat only that? You ask the wrong person, I'll tell you why. I'm not a foodie. Like, I'm not, like, okay. the f- food doesn't necessarily. All right, yeah, you kind of just think of it. I think as of it as fuel. nutrition, which is, I probably, that's probably like a little f- up, you no. know, relationship with food. I probably should, like, enjoy it more, too. No, no, plenty of people think that way. Oh, okay. I know Tony Robbins thinks that way. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. Um, quinoa. Really? Yeah, I like quinoa. Just quinoa. Uh, what, what, you know, with some spicy. vegetables. Yeah, with wow. some vegetables, you know, spiced up a little bit. I think yeah. I like quinoa. What's your favorite like spice to do? Like garlic, what? Uh, garlic is nice. Salt. Cayenne is awesome. Cayenne. I do take Himalayan salt, you know. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You heard of the salt water flush? No. Okay. <laughs> well, it's like you drink, you, you get a liter of water, you put two um, big old spoonfuls of sea salt and you drink it. All huh. of it, and then you have like explosive diarrhea. Well, for, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. The osmotic effect is just pulling everything out. <laughs> right. So, does that sound healthy or not no. healthy? No, not at oh, all. Oh, no, because I'll do it. No, <laughs> you, I know you will. <laughs> I'll do it like once every three months, and it feels good. Like, I feel like a new person afterward. Oh, do you? Yeah. Maybe because you're just getting good electrolytes in your body. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know what we should do as a prank? We should just do a saltwater flush and, you know, just, <laughs> like, take an excess amount and see who has the most explosive diarrhea. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll make that an episode. Look into that because that's, I yeah. don't know, some people do it. Interesting. Well, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, it's a pleasure, man. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover anything? Uh, well, I hope we added value. Okay, so yeah. uh, my show, Heal Thyself, that's my show that I do. And, um, Heal Thyself. Check it out. I, I go over you know, all different types of products, give some knowledge, awesome guests. Instagram is at D-O-C-T-O-R.G, doctor.g. Ebook is coming in April, breast cancer. And yeah, watch out. I'm be doing a lot more media and teaching people education. Awesome. Yeah, check out all of Dr. G's info in the description. Let us know uh, any uh, contra- contrary opinions you have mm-hmm. or anything, any stories you guys want to share in the comments. Open a, uh, get a discussion going. Um, and thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.